I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. There are no, there aren't really a lot of people of color in the room, and I'm just like, what is, wait, what's happening? And like, oh the God, more no. more time went, I was like. I think I'm in the wrong room. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first week tuning in, welcome. It's good to see ya. This is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in this wild industry, and I make them share a couple bad and embarrassing and funny audition stories. We have a lot of fun, and uh, it's been a joy making it, so thank you all for tuning in. If you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to it right now, and, uh, you know, leave some love for us as well. You can also follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. We post some fun graphics and you even get to see some video clips from the interview. So check that out. And let's get to today's show. We have the fantastic Melody Boutieu. She was so lovely to talk to. Um, I am a new mega fan big time. She's starring in the brand new feature film Easter Sunday, which is in theaters right now. And um, this film is literally groundbreaking. It's the first Filipino-focused family film in theaters in the U.S. So go out, get your butt to the theater, get your butt in a seat, 
go support this film. Um, it's so great. And Melody and I had such a fun time talking. So here is our conversation. And welcome to the show, Melody. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I am yep. so excited to talk to you. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your new film that's coming out. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, let's go back to the beginning. All the way what back. you started in this <laughs> wild industry. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I come from a family of like very over the top like loves music loves to you know uh just have a good time a uh, big filipino family so my mom was uh she loved to sing she was a big mm. like she was the uh, conductors of the choir my dad loved to sing they always loved to dance stuff like that but for them it was always a hobby and i remember my mom telling a story of how when i was I don't know, three years old. I don't remember it. I'm just taking her <laughs> word for it. But she said there was there was like a big um, Filipino community picnic in New York, in New York City. And she said that I saw the stage and I just ran up on stage and started singing. <laughs> I was like, I did. And she and she's like, she's like, from the beginning, like, this is what you wanted to do. Um, mostly it, it started really with singing. I would yeah. I would like put the big headphones on and pretend I was in a recording studio, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then As when I was done. Yes. <laughs> and when I was in elementary school, they'd start having the school plays, things like that. And mm -hmm. I would audition and I would read and I would just stumble over the words. I'd had a really hard time reading out loud. And so my teachers all said, they're like, oh, you're you're not so good at reading, but your voice is really great. So let's give you a solo. So like I would have oh. a feature. I would have I get to sing a song, but they just never gave me lines. <laughs> and then um, in high school. So so I just thought, oh, I'm a singer. You know, I'm I'm. I'm I'm bad at the other stuff but um so in high school I was in choir and I went to Chatsworth High School and I okay. saw this incredible production of Sweeney Todd it was oh. it was it was just mind-blowing and they had a really good theater program and um and I had like a conflict in my schedule where I couldn't take choir so I said why don't mm. I just sign up for a drama class and um and that was kind of the beginning and it still was in musical theater I did I you know Little Shop of Horrors and Jesus Christ Super star in high school um, and then <laughs> and then when I was in college I did start doing more plays I did start doing more straight plays I um, I joined this theater company called here and now um, which even though I was in college uh, on the weekends I would travel from San Diego to Pasadena to rehearse and we would wow. rehearse on the weekends with students from all over Southern California, from Santa Barbara, from USC. And we would create and write and perform these original sketches to perform around the country. So we would perform in colleges and universities all over the country for big um, Asian American, you know, um, conferences and things like that. Wow. And that so was cool. like, that was like a really kind of pivotal moment of me going, oh, I really like this side as well. And um, 
I remember there was one uh, one performance we did at Duke University, and uh, one of the pieces I talked about my mom. My my mom uh, got sick when I was very young. She got sick mm. when I was in the fourth grade and um, was sick most of my childhood and passed away when I was a teenager. Oh, and so there so was sorry. a piece that we had written. Thank you. There was a piece that we had written where I talked about it and just kind of talked about my experience. Um, and I is a big auditorium full of students but I saw this one this student this I saw this guy just kind of bow his head and like shaking crying and um we did we when we would perform around the country we would do also kind of workshops you know where you you know pass the clap and you know like do do little theater games (laughs) and things like that that. yeah zip zap zap all of that (laughs) and after one of the workshops he came up to me and he said you know my mom passed away a couple of weeks ago and I almost didn't come to this conference I didn't want to come and I'm so glad that I came and your story really touched me and made me feel like I was understood and it was Mm. one of those things that just made me go gosh you know just telling my story could really have an effect and help someone feel less alone and that was you know one of those things that just made me see the value of what we do you know because I know at the end of the day we're we get to play pretend we get to you know follow our passions and and tell stories but to know that you know that the work that we do also gets to touch people in that in that deep way and make them feel connected um is was so amazing and um yeah it's it's priceless it's priceless that we as artists get to make another human feel something so deeply and so profoundly yeah and it's it's not really a gift that a lot of people get to do in this world yeah. So it's really, it's amazing when people find their talent with that and with your story with your mom. I mean, I'm sure that meant so much to that young man yeah. to hear your story and, and your side. And like you said, it makes people feel not alone. And that's what's the beauty of filmmaking and TV is that everyone is going through something that, you know, we have portrayed at some point. Yeah. And it's nice to have that that almost like reassurance like oh hey yeah that's right I'm not the first person to go through this and I won't be the last absolutely and and also that you know especially when when I found this theater company I was a student at UC San Diego and Mm. I saw them perform and I was just like look at all of these incredible Asian American actors and they're just telling stories. They're not the side character. They're not the best friend. They're not a servant. Like they just, and they're telling their own stories. And that was Mm -hmm. so inspiring to me. And so to be able to then in turn join that group and then do the same thing for other students around the country is, was really, was really very cool. And, um, I, I went to UC San Diego for undergrad and grad school Mm -hmm. And, um, and then just jumped right in. Started. (laughs) Just just, did it. Just jumped right in. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what you got to do, right? Just jump right in. Feet feet first, feet first, whatever it is, whatever that scene is. Belly flop, (laughs) you know, whatever. Belly flop for sure. (laughs) For sure. Um, so what was like the first, um, television experience that you had as a new actor in Los Angeles? 
the first one. Oh my gosh, it's been a long time. I <laughs> I believe it was the practice, which was okay. uh, yeah, like the the law, the law series. I was playing, I think, an admittance nurse, and Maybe. someone was coming in to um, uh, to visit. Um, uh, a patient something like mm. that so it literally was like one of those and you are you know kind of right <laughs> cute kind little of things. co-star drop mm-hmm. it in there yeah put it on the little, resume exactly it was like how i got my how i got my side card yeah and yeah. and i've since like still play a lot of nurses <laughs> i still play a lot so of nurses funny. i still you know um which is which is great and fine my mom was a nurse so you know oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like it's fantastic <laughs> i love that <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you've since done like so many television shows. I mean, I was stalking you before getting on here on IMDb <laughs> and I was just like, what television show has she not been on since 2002? Oh, my goodness. Um, and I struggle to find one that you haven't. But I mean, the most recent ones, This Is Us, Kaminsky Method, Call Me Cat, Mom. I just want to know, like, what what of these maybe in the last five or ten years TV roles that you've done? has really meant like the most to you I don't either as an actor or as a viewer or you know whatever connection you had to the show which one was it that you were like oh man I can't wait to do this oh my goodness I'm trying to think I'm like okay which one of what of gosh with with t- with tv I mean um let's see which I'm like, which one did she say again? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, this I, is I us, was, mom. Call I me know. Cat. This is us. Yeah. You know what was really crazy, though? I was so excited. I was so excited about Call Me Cat because it was a yeah. really, really fun role. It was like a whiskey, a whiskey taster and critic. And fun. I had this whole, like, really fun monologue. And we... Um, I think it was like it was an episode where Kat, uh, my Bialik, was pretending to be me. Like she showed up at this um, at this tasting and she was like looking at name tags and she's like, oh, I'm her. And then and then I show up and, you know, I had like a delay in my flight and da da da. But uh, she walks into this party and everyone thinks she's like this this really incredible wine expert or not wine whiskey expert (laughs) and then I'm supposed to come in and and foil it or whatever um so I come in (laughs) and I yeah and like I have this whole like monologue where I'm I'm describing the smell of the rent-a-car that I had and it was really cute and and we did it and we shot it and we had a great time and everyone was like you were fantastic and um and then of course it comes time to for it to air and the casting director's like feel free to share on social media your your role yeah. is coming up your episode's coming up and I'm like great and you do the whole blast and Yep. It totally got <laughs> cut no. down. It literally was like me just saying my name. And then they were like, oh, we got to go. And then they ran out. Oh, my God. No. So it didn't quite answer your question. But it was something that I was so looking forward to that just, you know, just disappeared. They do this I great. Mean, perfect, though. That's like <laughs> the perfect story of, you know, being an actor in the industry. You book something that you're like. Heck yes, this is my thing. I got this. This is the best role I've done. And then they just it's... like completely butcher it in post. And you're like, ah. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. 
You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Which brings us to Easter Sunday. <laughs> Easter Sunday, uh, which is coming out on August 5th. And some people might think, Woo-hoo! why is Easter Sunday coming out in August? Because we're on Filipino time, <laughs> so it's fine. It's okay. You can wait a little bit. Um, there you go. That's right. That's right. That's how we roll. But um, Easter Sunday stars Joe Coy, who is a stand-up comic. He is a, a comedic sensation, really. He's on his funniest funny mm-hmm. world tour, has been for the past year, and is selling out stadiums two, three times over. I mean... It's 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 insane. And I remember watching his stand up specials on Netflix. He has three on Netflix and he has another one coming out and just being so blown away by his storytelling, by his specificity, by by his love of, you know, just telling the stories of how he grew up and his family and feeling so connected to that, uh, that when I heard that a movie was being made, you know, um, about Joe Coy, that he, that he was making a movie, I was just like, I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be like first in line. I'm so excited. Um, like, that be so great in the theaters. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm gotta get my popcorn I'm, I'm ready you know and then like to then be cast in it and to be part of this big huge beautiful family um with all of our quirks and all of the you know the ways that we want to love and celebrate each other but also the way that we drive each other crazy and have these expectations mm-hmm. and all, all of the things that are wrapped up in family um is very very exciting this is the first major hollywood studio film centered around a filipino american family it has a primarily asian american cast we have an asian american director in jay chandra sekar it is breaking barriers and you know busting through however many glass Mm -hmm. ceilings like just so many and and it's such an, an an incredible moment um, yeah. I remember even just the first day, like before we even sh- started shooting, like Joe kind of gathered us all together and he could feel you, he gets really emotional for someone who's like, you know, side splittingly funny and so sharp and so witty. 
he he wears his heart on his sleeve and he was mm. really emotional about how much it meant to him that we get to tell this story you know oftentimes we're told you know oh people aren't going to understand your culture or they're not going to like I, when when i first started working professionally i was told don't expect to be cast as filipino because middle america doesn't know what filipinos are they don't know where the philippines is so there those roles just aren't out there um you kind of look Asian, but not really. Like, as far as, like, I don't it's look like East the, Asian. The breakdowns that say ethnically ambiguous. You're yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, you're ambiguous. I'm like, but, I, but I'm but i not I'm ambiguous. Filipino. I know. Yeah. I know who I am, you know. But if they're like, maybe you can change your name to, you know, to something more Spanish, you know. Cause, and you, maybe you could learn Spanish. Like, like, oh, my God. Then my that, jaw's on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then it's like, maybe we'll submit you. We'll submit you for these Latin roles, Latino roles. And I'm like, but I'm, but I'm not, you know, and and it was just them trying to like figure out what box they could put me in. And even the Filipinos who were working, you know, Tia Carrere, who plays my mom, she she is, she has decades of of a career, Mm. but oftentimes she was not playing Filipino, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips. I didn't even know he was Filipino for many years. I had no idea until I was looking up this film. I did not know that he was actually Filipino. He is Filipino. He's Filipino and and proud and proud of it, you know, but you know, his, his breakthrough roles were, you know, La Bamba, Stand and Deliver, Young Guns, all of the, you know, and, and he has, he's, he's certainly, you know, he honors the roles he does, you know, even La Bamba, like the whole family, like endorsed him you know they they wanted right. him for this role so you know but we're also we're actors and we, we want to feel like we can be chameleons but we also want to feel like who we are matters and it's mm-hmm. not something to hide and it's not something to water down so the fact that we get to share who we are like this this big beautiful family and embrace all of the details embrace all of the idiosyncrasies and the things that make our culture and our families unique um mm-hmm. i feel like the more specific we get the more universal it becomes we're not t- and the more like the more i don't want to say normal because that's the, the worst word to use for this but like i guess the more normal it is for us to see it on our screens portrayed. oh yeah the more regular that this becomes, the more like realistic too. Absolutely. I mean, when I was watching the, I was watching the trailer, and I have a couple of friends um, who live in South Korea and Seoul. And they're from large Filipino families, and it's you know a lot of the stuff is like they send things back to their families in in the Philippines. Yeah, possibly. And it was part of the trailer, or, or, and yeah, I was like, oh my God. Box. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, I've watched this, I've witnessed this. Like, I know, I know these people, and I've had the experience of being at a big family dinner and the wild things. And it's so nice to see because I think Filipinos have this amazing, like, y'all have like this incredible family spirit. That is so beautiful to see, like generational wise. And I think it's something too that gets lost in Americans a lot of the time. And I talk about this with my friends a lot because I feel like generational living and all of that just isn't a thing in America, right? But in like all of the other countries around the world, people want to be with their family. Yeah, that the whole concept of it takes a village is is our day to day. 
you know, it's not just, it's not just that your mom comes when there's a newborn, you know, and comes help, Mm -hmm. you know, for a few weeks or whatever. It's like my, well, then especially with, for me, with my childhood and my circumstances, when my mom got sick, my grandparents came out from the Philippines. My aunt came out from the Philippines. They were there. They were living with us. They were cooking. They were taking care and making sure, you know, they were taking care of her. They were taking care of us. And, um, and we didn't have a lot, you know, when my mom got sick, we, we went into a lot of debt, you know, the whole medical system and everything. We, we were broke, you know, we were relying Mm. on the kindness of strangers. We were relying on the church donating and, and bringing us food when we needed it. And that, that kind of thing. And it was, um, you know, we, we were on food stamps, all of those things. And my, yeah. and my, but my family, they never made us feel like that. You know, yeah, we would shop at, you know, Goodwill or, you know, things like that for our clothes and things like that. But we never, we always felt like we were provided for. And our family, mm-hmm. our extended family was a huge, huge part of that. You know, they would yeah. take that government cheese or that government butter and make insamata, <laughs> you know, and like fill the house right. with like food and, and, and make us feel cared for and, and provided for. Um, but it is that that culture of like, oh, no, no, we're we'll, we're there. Like, what do you need? Yeah. You know, how, how can we what, how can we here, take care of there. you? We're not going to yeah. leave until it's done or until something's solved or yeah. ever because yeah. why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just generations all under a roof. I mean, my. My cousin, my, so my, my auntie, she, uh, she had my cousin and, and she wasn't, I don't, I don't remember the reasons why, but she wasn't able to take care of him for the first few years of his life. Mm -hmm. And then he was with us. He was like our little brother, you know? And then, you know, when he was a little bit older, she was able to, to bring him back and, and he was able to go back. But I mean, you know, he's, he's still like my little brother and, um, and, and it's just like, all right, we got you. What do you need? You know, it's, it's that kind of mentality in a big, in a big Filipino with a big Filipino family. And I love that, like you said, like Joe Coy decided to do a film based in his roots of a Filipino family, not some big action movie or anything like that. Anything else he could have done. He said, no, let me show you my people. Let me show you my culture. Let me show you how loving and how caring and and how wild we all are. I mean, I just think it's such a beautiful thing that he's he chose to do that with this voice that he was given. And now you all get to show the world how amazing the Filipino culture is. Yeah, that's it's such a gift. I mean, yeah, exactly. He could have he could have pitched anything. He could have been he could have been the the center. And he still is. It is still his story. It's about him and his son. But it is about the family. It's about the people. It's mm-hmm. about all of us together. And and it, it created an opportunity for all of us to bring our collective histories, to bring, you know, our experiences and what we know into this story to create these big, beautiful, full characters. You know, I was, we were talking about stereotypes and and being typecast Mm -hmm. and thing. And I I was having this conversation with uh, Martha Milan, who's in The Cleaning Lady on Fox, Mm. which is centered around another Filipino family. And and Mm -hmm. that, you know, is a drama. And, and yes, they're, they are playing maids, but you 
to see not just them coming in and you know cleaning the cleaning a, a shelf and right. then walking out you know or it's not just that good day sir and then yeah, like leaving yeah it's like so and so is here to see you like like she you get to see a full life you get to see her kids you yes. get to see what she's working for what she's struggling with her survival her tactics you know all of those things that help i mean and that's a dream you know who you you don't grow up thinking oh i can't wait to play a maid but to play a character that's like that's rich and full and you get to see mm-hmm. all the different colors and all the range of their life experience that's a dream that's a gift you know and yeah. so for us you know we get to celebrate we get to you know we it it there's a lot of shenanigans in this, <laughs> this movie. there's there's some craziness that happens but uh, but he Joe said, you know, he didn't want to go for the cheap jokes. He 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 didn't want he wanted the audience to laugh with us, to laugh at mm. with our circumstances as opposed to laugh at us and make us the butt of the joke or make the accent the butt of the joke. You know, because people have accents and I mean, I mm-hmm. my character speaks with an accent. Some of my favorite people in the world speak with accents. So right. I don't I'm not shying away from it, but I want to honor it and I want to know that you know People with accents have a full lived history. They've they've given up an entire life that they knew to to start somewhere else, and and that's that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's you know there are things to celebrate in that. And then so you see the generational, you see uh, in the family, you see people who are born here, people who you know don't speak with an accent, and then people who do. And but we all are striving and and wanting the best for one another. Gosh, I can't wait to see this. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, on the show, we like to share um, bad audition stories, or funny ones, or embarrassing ones, or the one that got away. Um, right. Is there a story that you would like to share with the listeners? Yeah. Okay. There is. So this is <laughs> this is the first thing that came to mind when I was like, oh, I got to think of an audition story. So. Um, <laughs> Years and years ago, when I first started, um, the, a lot of the networks uh, were doing diversity showcases and, and mm, holding yeah. auditions, which is was great and needed because it gave uh, underrepresented people an opportunity to get in front of casting directors and be considered for things. And so I was all for it. And I had a manager who um, I had a manager at the time who was the kind who would just submit submit. Uh, submit her actors for things even if they weren't quite right for it maybe thinking that it Mm -hmm. was you know uh, would give casting a a chance to think outside the box or something like that I'm I'm not sure so she called me and she's like I have an audition for you for a diversity showcase we're so excited and and I'm like great you know and I walk in and I'm ready and I'm excited and um and um I see some actors kind of file in, um, actors with different abilities. So one was blind and one was Mm. an amputee. And I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is like a really wide diversity showcase. Like it's, it's, it's also including people with different abilities. Great. You know? And I'm like, there are no, there aren't really a lot of people of color in the room. And I'm just like, what is, happening and like the more more time went I was like I think I'm in the wrong room like what is going on and I had signed in and everything and the interns coming in and out and like you know bringing people in for their auditions and I'm I'm still not seeing seeing any any people of color and I'm just like 
so the next time she came out and I was like, hey, this is this is for the diversity showcase. Yes. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is for the diversity showcase. I'm like, great. Um, is it for people of color, too, or just people with different abilities? She's like, oh, it's for people with disabilities. And I was like, mm, I, I don't I don't have a disability. And she's like, oh, huh. hmm. Um, hang on a minute. And she went, she went back to the room to the casting director and then, and then came back out. She's like, yeah, so this, this is a showcase for people with disabilities, but we'll still see you if you want. And I was like, oh no, like, no, that's okay. That's fine. Thank you though. And I like gathered my things and I'm like, Oh my gosh, with my tail between my legs and I'm getting ready oh to go God. out and there's an actor sitting across from me and he was like, Hey, you you leaving so soon? And I was like, Oh yeah, I think they called me in, but I, I don't I'm not supposed to be here. And he was like, Oh, okay. I was like, but have fun, break a leg. And he and and he goes, Well, I only have one. And I was like, go! Oh my God. <laughs> He was so gracious. He was totally laughing, but I was just like, my face fell. <laughs> it, it's like it's like a series of just embarrassing things, and then you just tapped it with the cherry that right was, there that's just, as you were absolutely. leaving. Absolutely, just just that's that's my button, you know. As I'm Wait, so did you call your manager? Did you say like, um, hi, this was not for me? No, don't, of course, of course, I did and I don't even remember what she said it was so long ago it was just like oh I don't know I don't know they said I, I submitted you and they called you in I'm like yeah but why would you submit me for this type of showcase like, right of I course get... they called you in like you could have had any sort of ability that they did not could not see on a headshot on a headshot yeah but if you submit me for this then they're just they're gonna, gonna think they're gonna think yeah. okay great oh my goodness I cannot believe that break like well I heard I only have one. Oh no. Just, I did it. What a what a great guy though. He was great. He was joke. lovely. Oh my god. Whoever you are, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um wow, that's that's a solid story right there. There you that's go. A solid one. There you go. Good. Um well I have I know so you enjoyed... hear them a lot. I do, but that's a great one. Um I've had so much fun talking to you. Um, Where can people follow you on social media to stay up to date with all your things? That's right. Okay. So on Twitter, I'm Melody Butiu. So that's M-E-L-O-D-Y-B-U-T-I-U. I don't tweet as much as I'd like to. I, I sometimes I retweet and then I'll and, and oftentimes my my Twitter is just like Melody posted something on Instagram. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> I'm most active on Instagram. But even then, uh, I don't know. I don't do I don't do the reels. I don't, it's all it's all new to me still. Some of the, you know the what? new functions. I'm just- I'm trying to do the reels. I'm trying to do it. But hey, I saw your Instagram. You were looking fire at the premiere, girl. Thank you fire. so much. Thank you. Oh, I was good. so grateful. Sky JT Naval was my stylist. Caitlin Krentz we makeup. We love it all out. Yeah. Yeah. So, love so excited. So grateful. Um, so on Instagram, it's I, I am the Melody Boutio. So, yeah. Yeah. She is the one. That's right. Um, well, I've I've so enjoyed talking to you, and I can't wait to see um, all the doors that this movie opens for you because oh, I feel gosh, like it's you. going to, and I think 
you know, I, I just pray that this is the film that brings Filipino life into mainstream media because it's so needed. And I love thank it. you so much for sharing your stories. I mean, I feel like you really opened up to me and I'm really thankful for that. Thank you. I really, really appreciate this conversation. It was so great talking with you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your patience <laughs> with, with the technical stuff. <laughs> Thanks again to Melody for coming on the show. It was so fun talking with her. Make sure to catch Easter Sunday in theaters right now. And tune in next week. We have Bill Kelly on the show, who you can see right now in Where the Crawdads Sing, another awesome film in theaters. So go check that out before next week's episode. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure you're subscribed and leave us some love. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.